Hey, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 79. Thank you very much for listening in again this week. As always, make sure you five-star rate, subscribe, and review, and support the podcast in whatever way you can. This week, we'll go over what's the news. We will talk our financial roundtable, and we will get to a question of the week. Again, as always, thank you for listening and sharing with your friends and family. Please enjoy the show. Quick hits, what's in the news and the market? So as we're sitting here on Thursday morning, about halfway through the trading day, we're a bit up. The market's a little bit up today. Uh, The big event this week was the Fed speaking, Jerome Powell, the central bank speaking. They pretty much stay consensus. Inflation was still uh, an issue as far as prices rising, but they're still seen as transitory, uh, meaning more the rates rather than there are going to be elevated prices for everything, especially with supply chain bottlenecks, a lot of different things happening. Um, but the performance of the market has pretty much been staying steady. We had a big drop a couple of weeks ago, um, even a bit of one uh, this week, but we've rebounded from that. And a lot of that's due on strong earnings, which is a big earnings week this week. We had Tesla, uh, Facebook, PayPal, a lot of the tech uh, and growth companies coming out and showing their numbers for the quarter, which were all strong as we expected. Um, and another, the other big story is really the Delta variant. There are rising cases across the U.S. We talked about it last week, but cases are rising across the U.S. Um, a lot of people are fearing that we're going backwards in the sense of where we've gone uh, as far as progress from the pandemic. So we're really going to see over the next few weeks what happens. But the momentum of this COVID variant, the Delta variant, is actually really increasing. If you're looking at the numbers, looking at the averages of cases, deaths, hospitalizations, these things are rising. So it's definitely something to be looking out for, um, especially just for your own safety and health and not even just the markets, uh, a big thing that we're kind of watching in that scenario. The news, as we mentioned, a slew of of earnings, uh, Starbucks, Um, a place that I actually go to every morning now, uh, two coffee shops that I frequent. But (laughs) Starbucks, of course, they came out with their earnings and they said, hey, same old, same old. We had 7.5 billion in sales for the quarter. We're up 78% from last year. Uh, Same store sales jumped 10%. They're showing growth. Um, And they're really just, (laughs) you know, I don't think they're on every corner. I mean, it's just crazy to think about. If you know, you live in any regular city, you know there's a Starbucks around the corner. I live in New York and there's a Starbucks everywhere. Um, And so that's not to be surprised by their earnings there. In other news, a lot of the big big tech companies are talking about the chip shortage. Again, we're having these supply chain issues. And even with Tesla and Apple reporting great quarters, um, historical quarters, we'll say, um, they're they're still victims of this global chip shortage, which is affecting the supply of smartphones, the watch. So we have an increased pent-up demand. And then on the other side of things, we have a chip shortage, which is obviously the reason why we're driving up prices. There's shortage supply, there's supply shortages, which may affect production of iPhones, may affect uh, Cybertruck production for Tesla on the side of Tesla. And this is just something that we're going to have to worry about. Intel and AMD, some big chip makers, um, they're raising their forecast to try to get through these supply issues. But we were we had this happen last, you know, last year, and we're seeing more signs of that this year. So that's something to definitely look out for. We move back to pandemic talk, unfortunately. Vaccine front, Google and Facebook will require vaccinations for all employees returning to U.S. offices. Meanwhile, the the U.S. government says they will require vac shots 
more frequent. And I think those weekly tests for federal employees. So it's interesting. I was actually having a discussion slash mini um, discussion point with a friend and they were just saying, hey, this friend was actually saying that they're not really probably getting it vaccinated, but they're also saying, um, I was saying that I, one, I am vaccinated too. I believe that we're going to see, you know, more private companies requiring vaccinations. You're seeing what's happening with the NFL. Um, people are going to require it because according to the scientists, the smart people that are in this field that I'm not a scientist, they're telling us that the vaccination is our best hope to curve this thing. And so I think you're going to see a lot of private employees say, excuse me, private companies say that you have to have the vaccination in accordance to go back to the office, or you're going to see a lot of patrons and, and people different place where patrons frequent those companies are, are going to say we, they require that to, to be allowed to be in there. Um, as you saw, the CDC reverse its mask, mask guidance saying that fully vaxxed people should mask up in riskier indoor areas like schools. Um, so again, this is ramping up like we talked about last week. I saw it on the pipeline just based on looking at the numbers. Um, so that's something to look out for. If we skip over to rosier news, TikTok influencers. I don't know if people that listen, well, we have a decent younger you know, listening base. And now they're talking about TikTok influencers and, and how much, you know, marketing is going on. Influencer marketing is still a rel relatively small light item for companies, but it's growing. Marketers are, are influencing ad spend. There's, it's about to be top $3 billion this year when it comes to influencer marketing ad spend. That's a 30% year-over-year growth, um, which is quite incredible. And you're going to see a lot more of that. We talk about the social creator economy, different things, followers, content. This is going to start to grow and continue to boom. In sports news, I like sports. We'll talk about college football. It's not only college football, though. We're talking about Oklahoma and Texas, which they're currently in the Big 12 Conference, but they informed the SEC that they want in. They want into the SEC beginning July 1 of 2025. So we're still looking, what, four years down the pipeline? But they want into the big SEC Conference. They're trying to take the throne of my team, Roll Tide Alabama and Nick Saban, but that can't happen. But they're trying to come into the SEC because that's where all the big players are. If they come in, man, we just have a powerhouse SEC. And there's really nothing else in the landscape, specifically talking about college football. There's just nothing else. Who else would you want to be there? That's the only conference you can be. And if you're a college recruit, you have to play with the best. You have to go to the SEC. And so that's something to watch out for um, in, 20, in four years, I suppose. <laughs> Thinking about it, we're talking back more earnings. And Tesla had a great earnings report. Um, they did $12 billion in revenue, nearly double that of last year. Profits topped $1 billion for the first time. Um, but they lost $23 million unrealized, or maybe it was realized, but the company reported $23 million impairment related to Bitcoin's holdings. That's of the $1.5 billion they invested in BTC. Um, the, the company is delaying the launch of its semi. It's a long-haul truck due in 2022. But it's a super impressive quarter. Um, investors are trying to look for more growth from um, Tesla. There's competition coming down the pipeline from the the old guard manufacturer, auto manufacturers. And so this is something that's really, really interesting. And Elon Musk also stated that he's no longer going to lead quarterly earnings calls. He's not going to lead it. He's going to leave it to someone else. Um, he's going to focus more on annual shareholder calls as far as reporting to investors, um, which I thought was interesting. Stat time. There is stats going on as far as the Tokyo Olympics, which are well underway. The, the, the actual opening ceremony only drew 16.7 million viewers, which is down in the U.S. from 30, 30, down 37% from 2016. It's the smallest audience for the event in 33 years. 
don't know about you, but during the pandemic, I lost my appetite for like live TV outside of sports. I really didn't have an appetite for live TV outside of sports, but it really went down. I really didn't even watch as much college football as I used to. I was just, you know, I don't know what happened. Did we lose our appetite for live TV? Do we just stream now? I, I don't know. I think I do. I'm sure you probably do as well. Um, but that is just, you know, something that happened during this time. But that's our news update. It was a rather quick one this week. Uh, we will go into the financial roundtable and talk a little bit about avoiding the path of least resistance when it makes sense for you. The path of least resistance, guys. We are doing the financial roundtable. And I've doing a lot, you know, I frequently read, but now I'm doing a lot more reading um, just in different areas that I'm subject matters that I find interesting or that I want to learn about and don't feel like I already have a very good grasp on already. Um, and there's one concept that actually, you know, came up, which was the path of least resistance. Um, and I think the majority of people and, and most of the things we do, we do take the path of least resistance, which is not always the right path. Sometimes it may be, but not always. And how do you gauge that? How do you understand what it is? I think when you're trying to do something long-term, you do not take the path of least resistance. And you'll see those examples of people taking that everywhere, right? Why do diet pills? Why do get, get rich quick scheme? Why do any of these things work? Because in those scenarios, people would rather take the path of least resistance than work hard and see the actual results, right? And so that's the only reason why you're seeing those places that you know these things don't work, right? We know that diet pills and then rich quick schemes and all these things don't work, but you'll still see people that sell those things, sell a lot of them because the majority of people will take the lap path of least resistance rather than put in the work to build something true. So it's just a reminder to myself that anyone that's feeling that, if like, hey, I was working on a job thing or a long path career path or a business, should I be grinding it out and making sure I'm seeing progress over time? rather than trying to snap my fingers and have something happen. That's another thing I've even, luckily we've had, um, some people that I've seen, you know, do that. We don't have that, in, in, you know, when it comes to people I work with, they've actually had a good mindset of people saying, hey, we want to not take the path least resistance. We want to work hard, save, do these right things, continue to grow over term rather than trying to do something that we know doesn't work, but it's more gratifying to try to in the short term. That's a concept we have to think about. We have to remind ourselves of daily to try to remember that, especially when you're trying to build something for your future self, right? For your future self, that's super, super important. Hope we all take this concept into account in the future. Everyone's favorite segment, question of the week, where we get to not only analyze, but give our unwanted point of view on someone else's craziness. Uh, but this one's an interesting one. The reader says, my son has lazyitis. He only contacts me on birthdays and Mother's Day. That's horrible. And I fear that he inherited, I fear that inheriting my estate will only make him worse Let's deep dive into the woman saying, I'm in my early 40s. I'm a single parent of an adult son. I worked my butt off to be able to ride for my son with, with a good upbringing. I earn good money and I have excellent benefits to my employer. My savings are not, are not significant at this point. And I'm learning how to manage money in better ways. Regardless of our past today, the amount of money needed, the amount of money in question is not insignificant. 
My son is very self-centered, more than so than the average person. <laughs> he has yet to get a job despite being more than capable. This is entirely due to his not putting the effort into finding a job. Um, he talks vaguely about maybe entering post-secondary education, but this is not, but has not applied for anything. I've tried to help him facilitate his job search by forwarding opportunities that I hear about to him. Um, he's not living at home because he does not follow the living agreement that we had. He lives with a relative who's an enabler for him. And in the past, I do not currently have a will. Without a will, everything will go to my son at this time. This is not what I want. I have no problem with leaving him. I say if he's actually going to take actions to support himself, I just don't want to enforce his lifestyle. Um, wow, that's a crazy one. I would say in this situation, this is frustrating. You have to see that it's your life and your money, and you're free to do what you want with it. You are correct. If you die without a will, your son is legal and sole beneficiary and would inherit everything. Um, if you feel you need to incentivize him, you certainly give it a shot through a trust. I think in this situation, the parent has to have a really, really sound conversation with the son about, you know, about the life. I don't think everyone's goals are the same. So I would never tell someone, be like me. I don't think parents ever tell their kids to be like them. But if you're going to leave someone as the beneficiary of of something down the line, you want to make sure that they're a good steward of those funds, a good steward of what you've left behind. And so you can set up trust to have income conditions. Um, you can, you know, as through my firm, New Street Advisory Group, our custodian Schwab, we allow people to set up trust and we allow people to have conditions on them. We can work with the tax lawyer to have those things done. But you definitely don't want to leave funds without any guidelines, rules, or principles to someone that who hasn't followed guidelines, rules, and principles. It sounds like 20-some years of this of his life. And so you want to have a protective vehicle that allows you to kind of outline what can be done with the money and when the money's can funds can be can be put can be taken from there. Um, so this is a very, very thing that you could do. But again, again, I think a conversation, education around money, education around career goals, find out what is a passion for your son, if that hasn't already been articulated to you. But I would not just leave something without having those guidelines, because you mentioned is your legacy. Another thing I've noticed in people, we talked about insurance, you can set up beneficiaries on all your accounts. Um, and again, you can set up trust if there's significant amounts of money that you can't really allocate um, via having just a beneficiary at retirement accounts if there's stuff left over after you've lived your life. But those are important concepts. Very important. But I thought that was interesting. I thought it was an interesting question. I hope you, uh, if you guys did too, let me know what your thoughts are. Thank you for listening to another episode. As far as this weekend, is my birthday weekend, so I'll be out of pocket the weekend. So if you don't hear from me, it's because I don't want to do anything but relax, enjoy my birthday weekend, reflect on the past year. But of course, I appreciate um, everyone listening. And we're coming up on two years of this great company, New Street Advisors Group. We can't even say enough about what we're doing as far as you know what we've done in the past couple of years um, and what we'll hopefully be doing more and we will be doing in the future. But you know, again, everyone stay safe this weekend, stay blessed, and we will talk next week.